sports story everyone's talking about today is just moments away. So call or text us right now at 573-875-KTGR and make your voice heard. This is The Big Show with Andy and Brendan on KTGR. Thanks for tuning in to The Big Show on ESPN 100.5 and 105.1 KTGR, your total sports station in Missouri. Thanks for tuning in online at KTGR.com and on the KTGR app. It's Andy Brendan and producer Mickey here. 875-KTGR if you want to call or text us. Give us your over-unders for Mizzou and Tennessee coming up in just a few minutes. We'll weigh in on some of those. Fantasy football talk, too. Play, fade, eliminate. Brendan will try and help you out with your lineup at 525. So get set for that as you have to make sure it's set for Thursday Night Football. I hope you don't have too many uh, players tonight in this matchup with Bears and Panthers. I sure hope not. But if you have to, you know, to each their own. Uh, And then another big game boomer list that Brendan wants to discuss. We'll get to that coming up at 545. 875-KTGR if you want to call or text us. But first, it's 5 o'clock. It's time for the top five at five on the big show. Number one. If you want to trade away for curtain number one, you can have curtain one. Gabe DeArmond mentioned during our visit with the PowerMizzou.com man a little earlier in the show that for Mizzou football, he always viewed this Tennessee game upcoming as the truly monster game on Missouri's schedule that can kind of determine the course of the season, even more so than the Georgia game, which is one that very few folks would have expected you to really have been competitive in anyway before it happened. Yeah, losing that one dashed the dreams of the SEC East, but this one is the type of turning point game that if you win it, could point you toward a 10-win regular season, which has only happened about a handful of times in program history. The new biggest game of drinks tenure coming up on Saturday afternoon, 2.30 p.m. on KTGR. Number two. Number two. Your timing is impeccable. We did our Chiefs midseason grades earlier in the show. I gave them a B plus. After all, they're 7-2, second best record in the NFL. Best in the NFC, I still believe. And, you know, they just set a higher standard, so I couldn't quite give them an A because of some of the issues with the offense. The projectability of the offense actually improving is what keeps them below an A for me. But I also think it's fair to recognize that offense around the league has been down. Chiefs more so than some other top teams. They're 12th in scoring. But I don't think it's impossible that KC could continue to win the way that it has with the NFL's second-ranked scoring defense until Mahomes inevitably kicks it into gear. Number three. With the number two ranked recruiting class in the country in the bag, all five verbal commits have officially signed. Dennis Gates has to be feeling pretty good this week, but he'll feel even better if the Mizzou basketball team can pass the test in a true measuring stick game against Memphis tomorrow night at Mizzou Arena. Tigers handled Arkansas Pine Bluff with ease in the opener, but you saw some sloppy defense. That could hurt you in this one. Memphis is probably a tournament-caliber team. Ken Palm says it's going to be a toss-up. I'm er- eager to see how Missouri looks at 8 p.m. tomorrow night. Number four. Oh, I shanked it. Infamous college sports Twitter account Big Game Boomer put out another rankings, and this one sells Mizzou a little bit short, if you ask me. The prompt was best coaching duo between football and men's basketball, and Mizzou checked in at 23rd in the country with Eli Drinkwitz and Dennis Gates in that duo. It's still pretty good. Doesn't nearly give enough credit to them, in my opinion, though, especially when you consider that the list featured Arkansas ahead of Mizzou, Kansas being ahead of Mizzou, not that surprising with the job Lance Leopold has done. Yeah, Bill Self. But Tennessee was number one overall. Heifel and Rick Barnes. I don't know, man. We'll see half that matchup coming up this weekend, I guess. Number five. What is the five fingers? Say to the face. Stop. 
I don't know where Ole Miss landed on that list, but Lane Kiffin, why, man? I, I want to like you. You're fun and likable, but then behind the scenes, don't verbally assault your players, please. That's the Big Show's Top 5 at 5 on KTGR. 875-KTGR, if you want to call or text us. Yeah, I don't know if you've heard the audio from that, but it just it just doesn't sound good. I have hesitated from listening to it. I will probably do so after the show, maybe during a break, so I can actually weigh in from that perspective. But from what I've heard about it, it doesn't sound great. So no. wish you wish you didn't do that, maybe. <laughs> and then I feel a little better about having you on my likability list. But anyway. Anyway, over-unders. They're not talking Ole Miss. We're talking Mizzou, Tennessee. Okay. We're talking about the actual oh, yeah, the, good uh, teams in the SEC, huh? In Tennessee, with well, I mean, Ole Miss is pretty, pretty no, good. No, Let's I, slow I, our I roll. Know, no, I understand. Yes, yeah. But Tennessee, evidently, according to Big Game Boomer, I don't know if you saw the list, Andy. We'll talk about it at 545. Oh, yeah. But the uh, the Tennessee coaches ranking number one overall. I mean, I think Josh Heupel's pretty good. I think Rick Barnes is solid. But that one, I don't know if I agree with that. Top coaching duo in the country. I want yours at 545. Okay, all right. So we'll get to uh, to that coming up at 545. But for this game specifically, with two top 15 teams coming in, uh, at Faroe Field, another sold-out crowd. Again, fourth straight sellout. They haven't had four straight sellouts since 1980. But uh, but now we're seeing what this Mizzou team is really made of. They're they're hanging on the field with some of the top teams, and I expect them to hang in this game too. But I am really interested on how Cody Schrader plays in this game against the top rush defense in the in the SEC. Uh, Tennessee, <sighs> think- yeah. Go ahead. You, you're going to tell me how great they are. They average less than ninety, a uh, hundred yards uh, given up on the season per game. It's fourteenth in the country. Yeah, Only 14, fourteen teams can say that. Fourteenth so. in the country. the The average for the season is at ninety seven point three yards given up on the ground as a team. That's the average. So for Cody Schrader, who has gotten to a hundred a bunch of times. I'm going to set his over under at 74 and a half. And I'm going to say thank you for my money and take the over again. Okay. Last week, I, I do some articles for like a sports betting website. That shouldn't surprise anybody. Um, my favorite player prop of the week last week when I was writing these up was Cody Schrader over 63 and a half rushing yards, I believe was the total. You know what George's rush defense rank is? It's right up there with Tennessee. I mean, they're right, they're right in the mix. And if you yeah. count... Only uh, FBS opponents, they're actually better than Tennessee at 96 yards per game. Um, if you throw in FCS, that's what changes it. I think Cody Schrader is going to do what Cody Schrader do, and the confidence that I have in that is probably reckless because he, I mean, against Georgia, I was so confident. I said, for Missouri to hang in this Georgia game, you're going to have to be balanced. You're going to have to move the ball against him on the ground. And he, when he got cooking, Andy, it was he was the offense. And, you know, we got some calls and texts from listeners on on the Monday after the game. Like, hey, why didn't they continue to feed Cody Schrader on that last drive, the one that ended in the interception to Nazir Stackhouse? Like, he was looking really good. And I think it was a case of they were going to. They just needed to live and fight another play, needed to throw that away. And I bet you second and 10, he's back in the game and running that ball. But he had just run for 13 yards, take a play off in terms of not touching the football uh, between the tackles, and that – the, you know, that was all she wrote for the football game. I am not afraid of this Tennessee defense, and I know they're good. I respect them. But I don't think Cody Schrader is afraid of him either, Andy. I'm I'm slamming the over. All right, yeah. And I don't know how far you'd have to, to set that line for me not to do so. I, 
I, I'm uh, trying to find jurisdiction of legality here. The the number for him is actually ninety one and a half. Does that surprise oh, you? Oh, it does surprise me. Yeah. So are you and thinking, I don't know. Let's, if I, so here's the thing. I would go in between that number. number. I would okay. be in between. So I would say over on the seventy four and a half. But I don't know if he reaches ninety. I'd be kind of in between there. I I think that he. This tells me that he opened some eyes with what he did against Georgia, averaging yeah. more than five yards per carry, triple digit rushing output at Georgia between the hedges. That I like seeing that ninety one and a half. I don't because I won't be able well, to profit on it as easily. But sure. I mean, I still probably take the over on that. I think he. I think he goes for triple digits again well, because it, I am thinking Mizzou's going to hang in this game, and you want to be balanced. Well, here's the thing: I don't think they just hang in the game if he goes over that number. I think they. You think win they win it. it if he goes over that number? Because it's not that Friday yet, so I didn't want to give you. No, my... I get it. No, I understand. <laughs> uh, but I mean the. The fact that if you can do that against that Tennessee run defense that is oh so good and then open up the Brady Cook passing game. And look, Tennessee's good uh, defending the pass uh, also, but not as good. They're closer to the middle of the pack in the SEC, so you can find some holes against them. But if your rushing attack is finding some cracks and you're starting to make them second-guess what they're doing, then I, Mizzou's offense can take off. Who would have thought that Cody Schrader, like I, w- I think this is an apt description of what happened in the the you know third fourth quarter. He wore down the Georgia defense like he was that bowling ball that we talk about. You know, like a de- not to say he's Derrick Henry, but when we talk about a player like that who almost gets better as the game goes along, I- honest to goodness, that's what I saw from Cody Schrader. It's like he feeds off of the last big carry that he had, as though with every single touch, he's thinking. Oh, you doubted I was going to pick up eight yards on this one? Watch me on the next one. That is the way this kid plays football. And, again, I it's been a couple months since I really started to lock in on, like, Cody Schrader, one of my favorite Mizzou players of all time. I'm, I'm not just blowing smoke when I say that. I think he is just embodies everything that you want in a Missouri Tiger player. So, I'm, yeah, you're not going to catch me taking the under on uh, on his numbers, and I agree with you. It would same as with last week. If you can run on Georgia, I think you can play with them. Yeah. Missouri played with them again this week. If this this total is about thirty yards higher than what they asked of him Duh. last week at sportsbooks. So if you do that, man, they're, Missouri's looking good. Yeah, and and I, I seriously do not see a scenario where Cody Schrader gets above that number and Mizzou loses. Like that's that, hard that's for me to worth, say though. Yeah. Because he did it last week and they lost. But, but that was what, Georgia. What changes like, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Georgia. At Georgia, and, on and the road. Better at defending the pass. Like, uh, I think this is a defense where if you can really put holes in their in their run-stopping ability, then it opens up the play-action game. They start to commit more numbers forward. It j- opens up so many possibilities. So I, I just think that's it. They're ranked, in 90, lovely, they're ranked no, 98th. Ahead, in passing offense, so if 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 you find that a little bit of rhythm within the run game, you're going to be able to throw it on them. So so that might become kind of the featured offensive. Quick question: ninety uh, eighth in passing defense or offense? Uh, defense. Defense. That's okay. And I was going to just bring up a point that coincides right with that. Have you looked at the box score for their game against Kentucky? This was at Kentucky. It was shortly after Mizzou played at Kentucky, and and we know the way that the Tigers were able to beat them. Devin Leary didn't look great against Missouri. At that point in the season, we were kind of like, yeah, Devin Leary, super disappointing. Devin Leary against Tennessee went 28 of 39 for 372 yeah. and 2. Tennessee, did, now I don't say this to scare you guys, but we know Ray Davis was a load and a half when Mizzou played Kentucky. Ray Davis only went for 16 carries and 42 yards, 2.8 per carry against Tennessee. But 
Kentucky stayed in that game, didn't win it, but they stayed in that game because of their ability to move the ball downfield. Is this maybe the revival game a little bit for Brady Cook, whose passing stats have been a little bit depleted since he really caught that fire around the LSU uh, part of the schedule? What do you think in this one, the over-under at the uh, unnamedsportsbook.com, Andy, is 268.5 for Brady's passing yards? I like the over. I like the over for that. Mickey, thoughts? Uh, yeah. I, I, I like the over, too. It, it's and a clean I do have, sweep. Yeah. I do have a correction. It's actually 137th-ranked defensive passing defense. So. That can't be right. There's not 137 teams. What are we doing here? Wait, which, what, are we what's looking going at on? FBS or are you looking at all Division One, my friend? I believe it's all Division All Division One. Well, I mean, if that <laughs> means there's some FCS teams that are defending Maybe the pass did. better than Tennessee, then hey. Well. Okay, what a, it's on a yardage score basis. Though, the, score. So, yeah. the score app I don't like, is what I'm looking I'm at. I'm putting the score app under the bus because I don't, <laughs> right. I don't, right. I there, I don't trust like, it. Yeah. Under the bus. We'll sit, we'll he goes 137. I'm like, there's imaginary teams that are <laughs> that doing better than these right. guys. <laughs> Amazing. Let me find out what it actually is. Oh, they, they're more middle of the pack. It, against FBS opponents, passing defense, they're 45th. They're not bad. But it's, again, it's one of those situations where you see what Kentucky did to them. You know what their strength is. Mizzou knows what they can exploit, which I think, Andy, now that we've really kind of dived into the numbers, you're even more spot on with your take that I agree with you now. If Cody goes that triple-digit rushing output that I expect, which not to tip my hand for tomorrow, but I don't think I've picked against Missouri all season, if that happens, you're – you're going to win the football game. Yeah, I just think I don't see a scenario where Mizzou struggles in the other parts of their game unless, you know, it becomes a shootout and we see something like that. But, okay. All right. Does that scare you? I, I know that Tennessee yeah. put 60-plus on you two years in a row. It's been 60-20 to 20 consecutive years. It's happened in Knoxville. It happened in Columbia. But as Gabe DeArmond mentioned, this is not your older brother's Tennessee offense. Like, they yeah. don't have Hendon Hooker. Joe Milton's a good player. I think Hennon Hooker's a better one. They yeah. don't have Jalen Hyatt. Like, they lost some some talent. You're going to want to stop their running back. That's the thing to me. Stop stop their running back and, and make sure that Joe Milton doesn't do anything uh, tricky against you. He's not really a rushing guy. Just kind of – that's an advantage to Missouri. You keep him in the pocket, but you make sure that uh, they, they don't do anything to extend drives that you freak out about. Um, but what do you think about over-under as far as – the Tennessee running game. I'm trying to think of the best way to approach this because I really don't care who it is. They've got well, they, they got usually three run different guys backs. that they that they love to run out there. So it's a, right it's a right now on unnamedsportsbook.com. We've got 69 and a half yards for Jalen Wright, uh, but I think Jabari Small is still there. Is that is that one of their other guys? That, he is. Um, what's a what's a number that's fair for team rushing yards? Because that's really all I care about. Mizzou, how how can Mizzou? hold them as a team down in the rushing category. They average 227 on the season per game. Where does that rank? That's got to be pretty That's tops pretty in the good. SEC for sure. I don't know nationally if you want to I'm going to find out. Find I that. do want to find that out. Uh, um, that nationally would be third. Third. <laughs> yep. Liberty and Air Force are the two that are better. Yep. So that'll, I mean, you, you know that the way that those teams play, they don't really throw the ball as much, especially Air Force. Um, so yeah, Tennessee is really good in this regard. Missouri's run defense, I think is top 40 or so in the country. It's had its moments where it's looked really good. It's had its moments where it has been absolutely really, really unfortunate. I'm talking about the LSU game, but it's been better since then. Yeah. 
Jabari Small, Jalen Wright, you I know, seem Dylan to Sampson, think that what Mizzou's defense has figured something out a little bit, whether it's making the scheme a little simpler, whether it's just uh, individual development, guys are taking better angles, uh, things like that. They've gone up against tough rushing attacks and figured things out. Look, Jaden Daniels is his own thing. That's, that's losing, different. That's losing contain on a quarterback. That's maybe a little bit more on the, on the edges of the defensive line, more yeah. so than but he's the a middle freak. portion. Like, but yeah, it exactly. Is it is. Like, he does that against a lot of teams. Tennessee does what they do against a lot of teams, too, though. But if you set it at 199.5 for their team. I was going to ask if that's reasonable to do. Because, like, uh, compared to this, Georgia averages about 168 on the ground, ranks top 50, but they're more balanced. But Missouri held them to, like, 120 or so last week. Georgia, we're talking about, in a close game where Georgia would have loved to have been able to establish it. Right. So if you're talking, you know, hey, Tennessee averages 225, do you think that they'll get 200? I'm going to say no, they don't get 200. But I could see you giving up 190 rushing yards and losing as a result of that. So... I'm going to take the under, but if you're also on the under, I want to give you a new number. What do you think, though, before we do that? I I, I also like the under in that game, but if you set it up, what, something like 170? Give me 174 and a half. Where are you going? Oh, boy. Because they want to run the football, and if they can't, can Joe Milton beat you with his arm? It's not what they've done. It's not the way that they have preferred to win their games. Again, against Kentucky, it was a back-and-forth game. He threw 18 for 21 for 228 yards. That's a modest number. Give me the under. You Give think? me the under. Well, look. They Am I getting to, you on board this week? To, they did it to Georgia. Like, they, this, this, this is an unbalanced team favoring the run. Georgia's more, a little more 50-50. Right. But you still I think, hey. still think Because screw them, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> getting that glint so, in my uh, eye. Glint, yeah, gleam. Exactly. Anyway. Um, I'm right. taking under as well, okay, by good. the way. 875-KTGR, uh, uh, give us your over-unders for Mizzou, Georgia, or not Mizzou, Georgia, Mizzou, Tennessee this weekend. Old Jay is here on the KTGR hotline now for over-unders. Old Jay, what you got? Okay, so first off, Brandon, is it true that I also heard that uh, with the KTGR tailgate passes, you also get parking passes as well? Because I thought you said something uh, no, about that. No, no, uh, nothing. Uh, I would, uh, I would not never have said that. that. Uh, no, I would not have said that because I don't have the copy in front of me. So I certainly would not make something up if it wasn't uh, there. I actually don't say much at all about it. I let Andy do that because he is the guy with the info. So quit putting out false info. It's 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 a good time. To get your passes, if you're going to be there, okay. Thank you. So, are you ready here? Yeah, All right. How, yeah. how can I take your order? I do this every week. Two, two hundred and ninety-nine and a half total yards for Brady Cook. Total yards. Okay. Two ninety-nine total yards. Okay. Passing and running. One and a half touchdowns by Weiss. Weiss. By Weiss. Ooh, okay. okay. All right. That's a lofty. <laughs> yeah. All right. Go uh, keep going. And. What you got? Half a touchdown for Norfleet. Ooh. Okay. Okay. All right. So interesting. Uh, We're going TD right, props yeah. this week. All right. I like it. Appreciate the call, Jay, here on the big show, KTGR and KTGR.com. Okay. To be completely clear about this, I can't imagine that when I pull up unnamedsportsbook.com that Theo Weiss's touchdown <laughs> line is going to be close to <laughs> one and a half. <laughs> I could be wrong. Sometimes college football, sure. they know they know that the guys who score the touchdowns do it pretty much every week. The game total is 57 on this thing. 
man, you want to talk about a temptation. I want, just like when we talk about that Bengals-Chiefs game on New Year's Eve, I'm going to want to be the sucker that says over because wouldn't it be fun if it were true? But I honestly think Mizzou's defense can show up a little more than making that happen. But I've stalled long enough to find the odds. Uh, minus 150 would be the odds on Lee scoring one touchdown. So, Tolje's credit, like it, it would be one of those cases where he's likelier to do it than not if you trust the odds to score one. But to score two, he's plus 350. So, underdog, certainly, to score two. Andy, I just want to start with that one because that was the one that jumped out to me the most. Can Theo Wee score twice knowing knowing that Luther is questionable, maybe limited if he plays? Man, I think he's playing. I think Weiss gets one. I don't, I'm not going to peg him for two. I agree with that. I'm taking the under if it's, you know, we're just talking about props for the show, even odds. Unnamedsportsbook.com, that could be worth a flyer because I think the value on him scoring multiple times is good, especially against this Tennessee pass defense if Luther Burden is not 100%. I think that's savvy. Remember, Old Jay threw out the crazy Nick Bolton interception prop, and we're like, dude, that's not a thing, and he nailed it. So (laughs) I'm I'm just kind of reminding you of that. Okay, let's go to Brady Cook, though. 299.5 total yards between his rushing and passing. What would you take there for the Mizzou quarterback? I did say the passing alone was 268, so that kind of gives you an idea. right? And we all said over on that, so all you would really need is something like – if he's just over that number, then what you would need is thirty rushing nope. yards. Thirty so rushing yards. Yeah, so which if they're he using him does. as a runner, yeah. I mean, I don't which know. they have been more often. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, yeah. Last In couple these games, big games, I suppose. Sure. Yeah. Against Georgia, you got to break out all the stops and say, "Can we get first down?" So they did. I think against this Tennessee defense, which ranks highly in adjusted efficiency, it'll be similar. That being said, screw Tennessee's em. run defense also uh, a consideration. Right. Um, well, yeah, they probably won't lose contain on the quarterback that often, but their pass defense is bad. So while they're all – let me correct myself there. In my head, I thought it was bad because Mickey gave me bad info. Really, they're middle of the pack. They're okay. They're just they're much better against the run than they are the pass, and they're a very, very good defense. But if they're all running around trying to stop the pass because they know that's a little bit of a, of a weaker point, maybe Brady – that allows him to free up uh, some windows to run through. I think he throws for 300, though, so I'm taking the over. Long story short. Yeah, I'll say over two. Yeah, I think it can be a good passing day for Brady Cook. And most not of that super confident much. in that because, like I said, I might like the under in this game, but I'm with you there. Yeah, and 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 look, he's gonna he's gonna have his chances for both. I think they'll draw up a few designed runs. Uh, maybe he gets. Hey, here's what I will say: rushing score for Brady Cook. I'm gonna say yes. Oh, that's that's probably pretty pretty juicy at unnamedsportsbook.com. Yeah. Plus 190. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay, oh, what about Oh man. Yeah. I'm telling you. It's yeah. pretty good. Pretty okay. good. What about Brett Norfleet though because uh that was the other Ooh, touchdown yeah. prop that old Jay gave us. Um, Does Brett Norfleet I, have a touchdown on the season? I need I to make sure he that did. he has one. Yeah, he definitely does. I would be really, really well, let's, surprised. Let's check and if he make doesn't. sure. Uh, just I'm vaguely recalling. It, Please be right. Uh, yes, he's got one. He he's got one. Okay, all right. It was in the LSU game. LSU yeah, game, I, yeah. No wonder I only vaguely recall it. Anyway, um, <laughs> veiled reference there. Um, where was I? Uh, Northfleet, I, I think it's tricky to say that both Theo and Northfleet do it because that tells you three passing touchdowns which the over-under is going to be like one and a half usually and none to burden of those three so maybe he can i don't think both of those clear um the the weiss prop and the the north lead i, I don't know that i don't think both will get there 
So I'll say under on this yeah, one. Yeah, I'll say under for Northfleet. But look, he can still be involved. Like he's had some I good like the receiving value. games. Yeah, it is yeah. good value and the receiving games that he's had, he doesn't have a catch the last couple of games, so I do think they maybe look at that and see Dude. Let's It's plus three thirty. I really like the value, actually, at unnamedsportsbook.com. That's pretty good. Plus three thirty. You, you, you bet a dollar, Andy, you win $3.30, my guy. Like, that's pretty. <laughs> Which is what about, I do every time, right? Yeah, you just think about being able dollar. to afford half a Happy Meal. I mean, hey, we're getting you know? there now. We're we're cooking at that point. Half a bag of chips. Uh, 875-KTGR if you want to call or text us here on the show for your over-unders for Mizzou, Tennessee. Text in uh, anything you want us to weigh in on what we think could happen in this Mizzou, Tennessee game. Also, text in your questions to Brendan for fantasy football. We'll do some play fade eliminate next, get you set for maybe any possibilities for tonight in the Thursday night game, but certainly the games this weekend in the NFL as we roll along here on the Big Show KTGR. You're listening to the Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. Oh, yeah, it's almost time for Mizzou, Tennessee, less than 48 hours away. 2.30 kick on Saturday. You can hear it all on KTGR. Text in your over-unders. We'll weigh in on it coming up here at 875-KTGR with Andy Brennan and producer Mickey today. Yeah, but more important, I need to know if you're really sweating whether to start a Bears player or a Panthers player <laughs> in Thursday night football. The text line 875-KTGR with a good old-fashioned 573 area code. If you're in that boat, play fade eliminate. I'll do my best. It's <laughs> fire, yeah, out. it's fired up. It's time to play fade or eliminate. I I cannot confirm nor deny whether we discussed moving this to tomorrow because of how terrible this matchup is. It's bad. Tonight. But, I mean, but, it's Thursday night football. It's, it's always Thursday bad. Night football. You always have a skin in the game for something. I suppose. So I, I know people you. who do. Yeah. yeah. So uh, play fade eliminate. Text in your fantasy football questions to us at eight seven five KTGR, and Brendan will tell you who to start, who to sit, who to uh, maybe eliminate completely this it's week. It's going to be that time. Yeah. Yeah, but playoffs are coming up soon. You know, only a few weeks away, right? Coming up. So we'll uh, we'll get you ready for that. All right. Let's go. Let's go with running backs first. Okay. You ready? Play fade I'm, yeah. I'm ready, yeah. You're ready? Well, sure, yeah. Play fade eliminate. A.J. Dillon. Tyler Algier. Miles Sanders. Ooh. Yeah, this is probably, hopefully this isn't like your your RB2. Maybe it's more of a flex kind of level consideration. That seems like it, yeah. Because like not a great crop of names here. The one that jumps out to me first and foremost is that Miles Sanders plays tonight. And you can't put him in your lineup at this point because Chuba Hubbard has really been named the starter by Frank Reich, and that's kind of the way that they have gone with the bulk of the workload. It's not just like he's the starter and he, you know, plays about half the time. He's been pretty dominant in terms of the touches. Maybe that changes tonight. The Bears don't have a great running defense, but I just don't think you can trust the workload there. Uh, A.J. Dillon maybe kind of in a similar situation and plays at the Packers. But the Packers' run defense this year hasn't been as great as you might typically think. You said so you, meant, you meant Steelers there, at the Steelers. I think you said that. Yeah, he's on the Packers. Packers playing at the Steelers. Steelers run defense. Typically you think, oh, Steel Curtain, 
Not really this year. I think you can run on them a little bit, but the Packers offense just in general isn't that exciting. So I really don't want to be playing the backup running back there. What was the third name you gave me there in the Tyler middle? Algier. He's the one that I think you got to play. And when we're making this decision, we're literally just playing off the fact that Arthur Smith hates all of us so much. Falcons head coach Arthur Smith hates us so much that he will continue to play Algier over Bijan Robinson out of spite. That is wow. really what I think it's gotten to because he's fielded so many questions. And in, in his mind, it's like these fantasy football buffoons, I'll show them. Like, I don't even care. I just want to win football games. It's not that, though, dude. Bijan Robinson is a great player, and your team drafted him with the eighth overall pick. But whatever. I think we're going to lean into it this week because he's going to continue to give the goal line to Algier for whatever reason, and they're playing the Cardinals this week. So I'm going to start. I'm sorry. That's not the way this game works. I'm going to play Tyler Algier. All right. I'm going to fade A.J. Dillon. I'm going to eliminate Miles Sanders. And he is a guy that is droppable if you have somebody on waivers that you're looking for because he's not the starter anymore in Carolina. All right. Play fade, eliminate. Text in your fantasy football questions to us at 875-KTGR. Let's go wide receivers now. Play fade, eliminate between these three. Jerry Judy. Jacoby Myers. Quentin Johnston. Ah, that is a tough one. Um, Quentin Johnston should have every opportunity to be great because Josh Palmer is out for like a month and rookie wide receivers drafted in the first round. They're supposed to come along and, and look good. We really haven't seen Quentin Johnston do that yet. I mean, against the Jets, he had two catches on three targets for 14 yards. Um, did have 50 yards against the Bears the previous week, but I just don't think you can trust him at this point. Uh, and against that Lions defense this week, I know they play at home, but I'm not really looking to play him necessarily. Jacoby Myers is kind of frustrating, man. He was a dude for a while just getting PPR out the wazoo with Jimmy G, but now it's Aiden O'Connell. So I really don't feel too comfortable trusting him either. Just two for 38 last week and the previous week, one catch for 19 yards on Monday night in that Lions game the day before Halloween. So I am going to end up playing a Jag here, if you make reference to the Steve Smith comments from a few weeks ah. ago. I'm going to play Jerry Judy. Uh, Broncos playing the Monday night game against the Bills. I don't know. It's not a great matchup, but I think Jerry Judy is at least the most involved of the receivers on his team. So he's my play. Uh, my fade is going to have to be Jacoby Myers just because that Raider offense had shown me anything with the backup quarterback. I will eliminate Quentin Johnston for this week, but don't drop him. You never know. Maybe he does show promise later on in the year. There certainly will be opportunity for him. All right, play fade eliminate here on the big show, KTGR and KTGR.com. You can text in your questions to Brendan for uh, for fantasy football, and he'll tell you who to play, who to fade, and who to eliminate this week. Quarterbacks. I mean, depending on what options you might have available to you, but let's just go this direction. Play fade eliminate between these three. Derek Carr, Josh Dobbs, Kyler Murray. Oh, man, this is kind of interesting. I've got a, a league where I'm kind of throwing Will Levis into that conversation as well because I have him, I have Kyler Murray, and trying to figure out do I trust Kyler in the first game back against the Falcons defense that, you know, they've been able to, to play well at times and sort of grind it out, play ball control with that lovely Tyler Algier that we referenced. Mm-hmm. I want to play Kyler because the reports about him are pretty good. The other guys you asked about are actually in the same game. Derek Carr for the Saints going to Minnesota to take on Josh Dobbs. 
I wish this was anybody else but the Saints for Josh Dobbs because the Saints have been really tough against quarterbacks this year. But Josh Dobbs, I think, has a really good opportunity. The way he came into last week's game for the injured Jaron Hall, like they started the, the rookie, he got concussed, and suddenly the guy who you just traded for a few days ago was in there, and he won him a football game. So the Vikings are vibing right now. I would, I kind of want to play him anyway, just for like, it's a fun story what Josh Dobbs has been able to do. Um, but I think you can get away with playing um, Derek Carr as well. So maybe he's my fade. I'll play Dobbs. I'm not, I'm just, I'm not eliminating Kyler. Obviously, if he's still on waivers, pick him up because maybe he's got upside. But for week one, I, I want to see it first, Andy. I think I'd prefer not to play him. Yeah. That, that seems like a fair way to go. Just com- Not just health, but camaraderie with receivers. Uh, I will say, though, just my personal take, I do think it's a very positive right away. I, I think it's a, a very early boost for Marquise Brown. I, I think he Ooh, maybe a gets a little take. bit more. Yeah. yeah. I, I just think throughout the season, he's kind of been here and there, like, fine. But this, I think, probably makes more of an impact on him than maybe your quarterback position is in particular with whatever you might have instead of Kyler Murray. I like that take, and I agree with it. I like. I may end up starting Kyler this week. I don't want to, but my other option is, do I go back to the Will Levis well? And I, it's not that I think he's playing badly. It's that I don't think the Titans will score very many touchdowns. So, for me, I agree with you. Hollywood Brown's probably a good start. Kyler, if you're desperate. But uh, I think Josh Dobbs is a good option. All right, let's go tight ends now. I don't think we've done tight ends in a while. No, not in a minute. All right, play fade eliminate. Kate Otten. Cole Komet. Logan Thomas. I'm playing Cole Komet. He plays tonight. I was hoping you'd include Cole Komet in this one. I think he is probably going to score a touchdown tonight. I know that Tyson Bajan doesn't throw many of them, but he's had a good connection with, with Cole Komet, and... When you're an undrafted rookie quarterback that hasn't had a lot of experience and you're just trying to game manage your team, what do you look for? You look for the tight end, the safety valve. And I think Cole Komet's been pretty reliable for that. Kate Otten, you know, a lot of these tight ends are kind of hit and miss. He could go off against the Titans. It's certainly possible. Bucks playing against Tennessee. And Logan Thomas is never a guy that I want to play, but I acknowledge that he's had some good games. I'm happy to play Cole Komet tonight on the Thursday night game. That's one guy wow. that right. in this Panthers um, Bears game, I do think is startable, and I'll probably maybe even put him as like a DraftKings captain kind of thing if you play uh, daily fantasy. Interesting. All right, uh, that's uh, for tight ends. Play fade eliminate. Text in your fantasy football questions to us eight seven five KTGR. How about defenses? We're gonna go defenses now for this, especially during bye weeks. That's I know, probably right? a good thing to do because I have the Chiefs defense in a lot of leagues. I have the Dolphins defense in a lot of other leagues. Uh, luckily, I picked up the Ravens when they were on on bye, or somehow they got dropped. I was like, "That's ridiculous! Yeah. You should never drop the Ravens." But sure, I'm I'm safe now, but some people might not be. So uh, yeah, throw out throw out some options. All right, let's uh, let's go. Uh, let's go Falcons, Packers, and Bengals. All right, Ooh. Falcons yeah, are. Ba- uh, <laughs> this is okay. tough. Falcons are at Arizona. <laughs> right, we talked about Kyler yeah, a yeah. little bit. Packers are at Pittsburgh. We talked about that. Yeah, Bengals, and the Packers looked good last weekend yeah. defensively. And the Bengals are hosting the Texans. Which is a terrible matchup after what C.J. Stroud just yeah. did. Give me the Bengals, though. Really? Not to, like, rain on your parade, Houston. 
Um, Stroud can move the ball, but rookie quarterback, he probably throws a pick. He'll probably take some sacks, right? Like the, the Bengals are playing at a high level. Look at their scores the last few weeks. Um, the problem is, do they do they force enough turnovers? They get enough sacks? I'm not 100% sure. It feels like C.J. Stroud might have to come down a little bit back to earth. And I think the Bengals are the best defense of the group that you named. If it was at Lambeau for Packers-Steelers, I'd take Packers. Um, they looked really good last week, but they played a nobody quarterback because the Rams were starting to back up. Um, granted, Kenny Pickett, kind of a nobody quarterback. So I think the Packers, you could get away with it. Um, Falcons, I don't really want to touch. As much as I don't want to play Kyler unless I have to, you don't want to be on the wrong side of a Kyler revenge tour, right? So I'm yeah. going to stay away from the Falcons, eliminate them. I'll fade the Packers just so slightly because I think the Bengals are one of the best defenses in the NFL. Pick up the Bengals if they're out there, and maybe even if you want to start them this week, I think down the stretch you could probably get away with just holding them and, and using them every week. Well, here's the thing. like The way that I kind of view defenses a lot of the time, I don't get too much in the weeds with who specifically is doing what on the defense. I just look at what the team's doing in general. And like if it, if you're talking about a good team in the NFL, it, if they're playing well and, and, and they've got a good record, then they're probably playing well on defense and getting takeaways and things like that. Yeah, because you can't project if an interception's going to bounce the right way or not, or sometimes they score a touchdown. Like Good vibes for a team makes a lot of sense. But you're going against a Texans team with some unmistakable vibes right now. So oh, that's yeah. a little bit of a risk. But uh, Because, again, sometimes you can just exploit matchup. The Chargers are a bad defense, Andy. But if you started them last week in fantasy against the Jets, you reap the benefits of it. So it's just one of those things where sometimes matchup does prevail. But I'm going to go against the grain and take the Bengals this week against your Texans. All right. Sounds good. Uh, give us your uh, questions for fantasy football and uh, we'll get to them if you text them in at 875-KTGR after this break. But also up next, Brendan thinks Mizzou was snubbed in this big game boomer list that came out. I believe was it today or sometime this week? It was today. He doesn't like where Mizzou's ranked. So we're going to uh, maybe see if there's somebody in the top 10 that doesn't deserve to be there ahead of Mizzou. We'll talk about that after this live local sports center. You're listening to the Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. Hey, keep texting in your fantasy football questions to us. 875-KTGR. Just did play Fade Eliminate last segment. But, hey, we, we won't let your questions go unanswered. So uh, text them in, and we'll answer them. 875-KTGR to get some help with your fantasy football lineup and make sure you're ready for Thursday night football tonight if you need to be uh, for, for Bears and Panthers. Hopefully not too much, but, uh, uh, again, some some of you might need uh, a big game from DJ Moore, you know? Yeah, you're probably going to be disappointed. I'm going to say Cole Komet does fine. DJ Moore, you can't sit him, but I don't have high hopes for that passing offense. Deontay Foreman, I think you fire him up. Uh, we don't expect Khalil Herbert activated for the game. So Foreman maybe one more week against a bad Panthers run defense. And I think Adam Thielen bounces back with a nice game. Gets lots and lots of targets from Bryce Young. Okay, so uh, be looking out for that. Uh, And again, text in your questions to us at 875-KTGR. All right, Brendan, you have a beef with this uh, big game boomer list. Well, it's a little bit of a beef. Normally these, uh, and I think it's like an Oklahoma fan, like it says boomer. So that's probably the origin of the account, but it always talks about a lot of different college football things and their fun rankings. You know, we like rankings on the show. So we've uh, gone time to time and taken a look at these rankings. And this one, I think not as favorable to Missouri as it should be. A lot of times they, they give Mizzou fans credit on this account, but this time they listed the top 50 head coaching duos, uh, basically uh, college football plus college basketball head coach 
for the same school and ranked the schools based on that. Now, Missouri ended up number 23 in the country. Indy, I'll give you a smattering of some of the schools that are ranked right above them. Uh, directly above is TCU with Sonny Dykes and Jamie Dixon. Okay. Um, I, I would probably take Mizzou's guys over them. The one that stings is two above, Musselman and Sam Pittman. They've got Arkansas at 21. Oh, That's yeah. my biggest gripe. I think Musselman is a goober. I think he's a good coach. I'm not going to say he's not. They they do well in the tournament seemingly every time, even if they don't do well in the regular season at Arkansas. But Sam Pittman, I don't know, man. Like He might not last the year. So you're telling me you're going to put that guy in the, he's half the duo, so it counts, above Dennis Gates and Eli Drinkwitz. Gates, the number two recruiting class. I mean, I don't need to give you his credentials. He's had an unbelievable oh, yeah. first, you know, sure. 15, 16 months, whatever it's been sure. at Missouri. Drink is having a great year now, too. So I just yeah. outright got to dismiss the Arkansas one. But higher up on the list, you've got Tennessee at number one on the entire thing. Heupel Rick Barnes, Barnes, Josh Heupel. What do you think about that? Yeah, I don't know if I would go that. Um, Give you the top five real quick. Tennessee, Kansas, Alabama, Texas, and K-State are the top five. Kansas at number two, which, I mean, Bill Self, of course, deserves I actually don't even have a problem with that. Like, Bill Self is probably the best coach in college basketball, resume-wise. Can we argue with that? Like, who else would you take? No, I don't know. It's disgusting. Yeah. No, I wouldn't take anybody else right now. It's disgusting. Tim. I wouldn't. By the way, I wouldn't trade him. I wouldn't trade for him. I got Dennis Gates on my side. I wouldn't. I yeah. wouldn't make that trade. All right. I need to be clear about that. But you can't argue with Bill Self's resume as gross and disgusting as it is. Um, but in, in Lance Leopold, like you, they're playing well at Kansas. Like, I don't Kansas think, football all of a sudden matters. Like it. Yeah, didn't and at it's all. Not, I'm not going to trust them up too much. I'm not going to. You know, toot their horn too much, but you got to give credit to this coach. I can't wait for the day that he leaves for a, an actual program, um, and then they'll be back where they belong. You would presume, but he's a good coach, I think, and he's on the rise of the industry. So I don't even have a problem with Kansas being that high. Uh, you know, Alabama, Saban, of course, is Saban and Nate Oates. What do you think of his whole thing? That would be my number one. You, you, that would be your top, really. That would be my number one. Saban even though Oates. Nate Oates is like great coach, but I guess we're not really punishing for off the court kind of stuff right now, and and handling of certain situations like the Brandon yeah. Miller thing. That was a fiasco last it was, year. Sure. Um, and, but he's and look, a great basketball NATO's coach. Definitely no could doubt. have handled that better. But yes, on the floor, I mean, we're talking about a program that also has been built up over the years, and Nate Oates has done a really good job of bringing it to where it is. Um, I agree with you. That's so, that's got to be above so Tennessee. Again, for your, me. your gripe is where Mizzou is. They, you think they're that's too my low at number main... 23. My main thing is Mizzou being too low. And look, I would I would say they're probably. 10 to 15 spots too low. I think they're top 10. I mean, Kentucky is above Missouri. So here's what I'll I, say about that. Actually, I think Kentucky is you got to be one. kidding me. Are you above kidding? Missouri? Are you kidding me? John Calipari? I, like, Mark Stoops? Mark Stoops. Mark, Stoops. Mark Stoops has all of a sudden made Kentucky football a thing. Like, that. it was nothing he's before raised their. Yeah, he's raised like, their profile. I, the, Let way me ask that you I, the way that I view this is that, yes, you, you do take the here and now into account. But when it comes to these head coaches and and ranking them, I think history matters a lot. Like, the but our guys are new. Years, That's not no, fair. No, I get can it. Still... No, they can still be very good. But I mean, you you do have to kind of give that little caveat sometimes. Like, okay, you, you've done this for a year or two now. Let's see it over a long period of time. Okay. There's a list of coaches here that have done it for a okay. long period of time. In the top five is Kansas State, Jerome Tang and Chris Kleiman. No, really? I don't agree. No, I don't agree with that. What are no. we doing no, here? I would, so I like, would take them out. 
I think you could find a number of, Same of those thing with Duke, to take like out. Elko and John Shire. I no, I would bump them down. Well, Har- see, I'll project yeah. that John Shire is going to be great. I'm, I'm going to project that he'll continue to be great. So I don't have a problem with that because I'm projecting on Dennis Gates a little bit, right? Like, sure, it's only okay. been one year. All right, um, guys, like, uh, like I think Lincoln Riley, Andy Enfield's a little low. Um, Jimbo and Buzz, I think, are about where they should be. Number I 13. don't know. Jimbo um, should be dragging them down further. Oh, well, probably. The Buzz is definitely holding up the ranking. Andy. I mean, legitimately, that's 13th. Texas A&M with that duo is 13th. Missouri 23rd. I would take Missouri's two coaches over the two they have. There's no question. Okay, all right. No, Do you I, disagree? I, I don't disagree, but, I mean, we're talking about a body of work here. And I Jimbo just, no, does we're have talking a national about the championship. They, they that's don't great. Just Let's say, like, don't let's bottom them. line this thing. Let's bottom line this. Well, give it a few months. Dennis will have one too. Like, why are we? Okay. It's, hey, come on. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> Again, <laughs> like we're uh, projecting out um, on these things. How many basketball coaches are you no, taking over Dennis? Here's Gates? what I will say. Uh, because the case that, I don't for have Mizzou a high in the to top ten is the teams that are in the top ten and sit. Like, yes, take Kansas State out. Take. Um, I would maybe leave Texas in there, but drop them down a little bit. Miami should not be in there. Mario Cristobal is not good. That's a, um, I didn't even notice it, that. Yeah, yeah, like Jim Laranega, great yeah, coach. Mike Elko, John Shire, bring him down. Oh, I have no idea about Arizona's uh, duo, honestly. I just don't know as much about Jed, Jed Fish, Fish and Tommy, Tommy Lloyd. Lloyd. Like, Nothing. Yeah, I no, mean, I'll take our guys. If they're in, fine. Um, yeah, it's these Chip Kelly, Mick Cronin. Like, I'm taking Mizzou in the top 15 pretty easily. Yeah, and maybe that says no, look, more about. I'll put them anywhere between eleven and fifteen. It I'll sounds good with that. it sounds yeah. dumb, but it's really hard to be really good in both sports. In this list, kind of just shows that right now. That's why Mizzou it's so is. magical. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, yes, Mizzou again. And I know that they're not ranked in basketball yet. Give them a minute. All right, I think they can get there this season, and whether they do or not, number two in the country recruiting class, and Jaden Quaintance is coming. So <laughs> just just. Accept it, Kentucky fans. <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, so yeah, if you have thoughts about that list, tell them to us, 875-KTGR. Uh, but we're out of time for today. Thank you to Gabe DeArmond at PowerMizzou.com for joining us. You can find that conversation at KTGR.com. We'll give our predictions for Mizzou, Tennessee tomorrow. You can tell us who you got, and we'll give our picks of the week. Uh, to send you into the weekend. Mizzou women's basketball coverage coming on later on tonight at 6.45. He's Brendan. He's producer Mickey. I'm Andy. We're done for now.